really what I'd love to do is to get your take on some of the most breathtaking, exciting, awe-inspiring experiences you've had around the world in different libraries or bookshops or places that you really think are worthy of a pilgrimage or spending time in places that you think are wonderful and why. Libraries and bookstores, in spite of being public places, are really private places, places for an individual reader, because each reader makes out of those spaces his or her own home. So places that throughout my life I have found interesting or exciting because of the books they contain and the books I have found are interesting or exciting because of who I am as a reader. Specific to each person's reading experience and the authors they love. In that sense, every library, every bookstore that I visit becomes a sort of autobiography because you find in the books that interest you mirrors of your own experience. After all, that is what reading is, finding words for uh, your own experience. So I suppose I would start with my very first memory, not of a library but of a bookstore, which was uh, the bookstore in Tel Aviv next to uh, the embassy where we lived and where my nanny would take me. When I had just learned to read, I was four or five and she would allow me to explore the shelves. I don't remember at the time there being such a thing as children's literature. Everything was children's literature if a child was interested in it. Yes, if they could reach it. That's right. Yeah. And so the, the lower shelves, of course, were my <laughs> hunting ground. Right. Do you know, the, sorry, do you know if the store is still open? Is it there it still? It is. Uh, I don't remember the name. What street is Some it? Years, it's on Trumpeldorstrasse. Some years ago, I was asked to open the Jerusalem Book Fair. So I took some time and went to Tel Aviv and tried to find the bookstore. And there it was. And in fact, I don't think it had changed since uh, 60 years ago when I, when I first visited it. The edition of Grimm's Fairy Tales that I have in a German Gothic script with very frightening black and white illustrations, I found in that bookstore. And uh, it still has a sticker from that, that bookstore. <laughs> like a foils sticker on the inside? Exactly. That, yeah. All, all bookstores had those stickers mm-hmm. at the time. So that is, that is perhaps my, my first memory of a place that I made mine through reading. And it's uh, so nice that you could <clears throat> revisit it and it hadn't been torn down or gone exactly. out of business. Is it the same family that owns it, you know? That or? I, don't, I yeah. don't know. I didn't want to inquire too much because yeah. I prefer my memory to remain what what it was, but I was very happy to see that not much had changed. And then there are other experiences that are very moving for me for personal reasons. I would say then in later life, 
my most moving experience in a library was visiting the reconstructed library of Abby Warburg in Hamburg. Abby Warburg was the um, son of a family of Jewish bankers, and very early in life, he was about 11, 12 years old, he was so interested in books that he exchanged with his younger brother his birthright so that he wouldn't have to work in a bank, against his brother's promise that he would buy him all the books he wanted for the rest of his life, and his brother kept that promise. And the extraordinary thing about Abby Warburg, who was immensely knowledgeable in iconography and history and philosophy, was that the library he set up was organized not the way traditional libraries are organized, in alphabetical order or according to the Dewey system or whatever, but according to the associations that happened in Abby's mind. So one day a book of fairy tales might be next to Plato's dialogues because that was the association that Abby made, and the next day Plato's dialogues might be next to a book on Renaissance iconography. So he's the only person that would know why that book is there. Exactly. It was... A library modeled after the brain of its reader. The philosopher Ernst Kasserer was invited to visit it and after 15 minutes begged to be taken away because he thought he was going mad. (laughs) Couldn't find anything that he wanted. He couldn't understand why one book was next to the other. (laughs) A library gives you a sense of order and helps you believe that the universe itself has an order. And it's understandable. And Abby was saying it is understandable and it has an order as long as you can think the way I think and imagine the way I imagine. (laughs) It's sort of a benign dictator then. Absolutely. And Mm. I think that every reader should be that in the realm of his or her own library. Perhaps one third example would be the libraries that I would visit after school in Buenos Aires. We have in Buenos Aires a street called Corrientes that is famous for its theaters, its pizza parlors, and its bookstores. And uh, these are second-hand bookstores. Are they closing down there as they are throughout the world, or are they still vibrant? Some have closed, but they were never what I would call vibrant. They no. were dusty, old... But full of, uh, full of interesting full books. Full of interesting yeah. books. And uh, on my way back from school, I would always go that way in order to stop at, the lib- at those bookstores. And um, I would find all sorts of marvelous treasures there. When I go to a country, I try to, and I don't speak the language, I try to get a handle on who the best book designers are in that country. So I can then go after, visually go after, so I've just come back from Spain, and there's four or five really important designers, Manolo Prieto, for example, who designed the Osborne Bull, was an important book designer. These are fairly cheap, but they give someone who's visiting something to hunt for. Could Certainly you, that, that would be a reason to, to hunt through the labyrinth of these bookstores. I'm not as organized as that, so I let myself be drawn by chance towards anything. It could be a title, it could be a cover, it could be uh, an author I know or an author I don't know, 
who intrigues me, I just allow myself to be surprised. And so, especially in my adolescence, when you have the arrogance of believing that you can one day have read everything. I was particularly interested in writers I had never heard of and so discovered certain books that have stayed with me since, such as The Conference of Birds by Attar, the 13th century Persian poet and mystic, a book that has remained very important for me, even if it's a loathsome Spanish translation. I discovered Kafka, I discovered Bradbury, I discovered countless writers that way, just piled up in those bookstores. Sometimes the bookseller would give advice. I I have a little novel called A, a Return that has not yet been published in English. It's coming out next year in English. And I have a character there based on one of these booksellers who try to inform customers, but in a very cranky and dictatorial way, about what they should read. Most of the time they were right. His recommendations... Absolutely. Yeah. Many of, of the books he recommended stayed with me, or they recommended, because there were many of the same kind. Many of them were uh, Spanish anarchists who had fled the Spanish Civil War and had come to Argentina and set bookstores up. And so we can still go and visit and oh, indeed you browse can. these stores. And indeed you should. These bookstores don't have the reputation of some others in Buenos Aires, there are some wonderful new bookstores. But for instance, the bookstore that has become very famous because it's built inside an old cinema yeah. is really not worth visiting. The building is interesting, but the, the books they, they have are yeah. very little interest. Yeah, I find that typically. I mean, the used second-hand antiquarian bookstores are each unique, whereas the new stores carry the same stuff. And especially today when publishers force booksellers to display their piles of trash and the bookseller doesn't have the space to display the books that are really interesting. What's the name of that street again, just so we can... Uh... Corrientes, C-O-R-R-I-E-N-T-E-S. Whereabouts in the city is it, roughly? The center of Buenos Aires is the obelisk, and Corrientes runs from the river towards the obelisk and on, and the section of that street between the obelisk and the river is the section that has the bookstores. This was also the street on which Pygmalion Bookstore was. It no longer exists, and there I used to work after school, and that was where I met Jorge Luis Borges. Many of the writers of Buenos Aires used to come to this bookstore, an Anglo-German bookstore, and I think it was set up on Corrientes because of the fame of the street. Thank you so much for sharing your passion for bookstores and libraries. You're very welcome. I should add, if you want to, a name of a bookstore in Buenos Aires, new ones, it's called Eterna Cadencia, E-T-E-R-N-A, and further on, another word, cadencia, C-A-D-E-N-C-I-A. That's a fabulous bookstore. Oh, great. Okay. New? A um, new store? Or new, shall we say, 10 years. 
new and used books or no, just new books. Just new books. New books but okay. very, very good selection.